Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based, live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Superchargers, headlights, and more. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. With over 122 million parts and eBay guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time. Or your money back. Plus, with prices that don't break the bank, you can stay on your A-game. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Firestone Destination AT2. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin, TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. The volume. The Three and Out podcast is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There is no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. Great odds, markets for the NBA, the NHL, college basketball, obviously the PGA Tour. Number one sportsbook, easy to use, safe and secure. Get your winnings fast. That's a key in under two hours. How do you beat that? It's fun to combine multiple bets from the same game, make it a little parlay. If you are new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with promo code Colin so they know we sent you. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecop, Go Low Podcast, up and Adam, rocking and rolling. Uh, it's Tuesday afternoon, big show today. Jason Sobel of the Action Network, covered golf for decades. If you've been listening to this for a while, you know he comes on every week, talk gambling. He was at the Masters, talked to him a little bit about Tiger, Scotty Scheffler. Um, and I, I got a couple takes off the top, and then as well as the Golopod. At Golopod is the Instagram, like we do for the Middlecoff mailbag on 3 and Out. We do the same thing here. But we separate the Instagram accounts just so it's easier to get your information. At Golopod is the Instagram. You want to get your question answered here on the show. Fire into those DMs and get your question answered. Start with this. The Masters uh, had over 10 million people watching on Sunday. Uh, it's you know up way up from last year and not quite to the level of 2019 when Tiger won it, but very close. And I think it shows you the power of the tournament. It's clearly a very, very special event. You just say the Masters to a casual sports fan, 
and they know exactly what that is. Now, I think Tiger winning in 19 has probably helped it out. And then clearly with him returning to this tournament, right? It created a buzz over the last 10 days, right? The the end of two weeks ago, probably Thursday, Friday, to him flying to Augusta and then playing in the practice round on Monday and the practice round on Tuesday and the practice round on Wednesday. It added to it, even though he was nowhere to be found on the weekend. Doesn't matter. There is an added juice to the guy playing. And I, I talked to Sobel a little bit about this, whether he thinks he's going to play in the PGA Championship, which is, I think, less than 30 days away, the U.S. Open, and then the Open. We know he's going to play at the Open Championship. He has said so. He, he told Sky TV, which I actually heard from a couple people that Sky TV is actually better than CBS, you know, the, the international European broadcast. It has Butch Harmon, who is basically their Nick Faldo, And uh, listen, it's hard to be... I saw Nick Faldo kind of apologize for the comments to Dan Patrick, but come on, man. You you can't blow that. But but regardless, is if Tiger comes back for these majors, it adds an element of juice that I'm a golf nerd. If you're listening to this and you're a golf nerd, we're, we're watching the majors no matter what. I'm trying to decide, should I put $250 in my account or should I put $500 in my account to gamble on Hilton Head this weekend. Like, I'm I'm going to watch a lot of Hilton Head, whether I'm, you know, I might play a little golf this weekend. No, it's a little cold out right now, but I'm going to watch. Why? Because I consume that. I'll probably watch equally as much as the golf tournament as I will, like, the NBA playoffs, right? Beside the Warriors game, and the Nets are currently on as I'm recording this. Nets-Celtics, I feel like first round of the playoffs. Call me when the fi- conference finals starts. Uh, and, and I like basketball, but I, I'm pretty, I'm in deep with this golf season. Uh, pretty good tournament. I enjoy this tournament. This is a course that I want to play, um, which is very gettable if you, you know, travel out. I actually think South Carolina is a cool golf trip, but I always like watching this tournament. But my point ultimately is I do think that Tiger, if physically he's able to do it, the juice that he got from competing last week, I think he's going to play in all four majors. Uh, I understand right after the fact where you go, besides St. Andrews, which is a flat course, I got to take some inventory about Southern Hills, which I've never been there. Scotty Scheffler called it the greatest, his favorite course in America. Scotty Scheffler just won four times in 60 days. And the next major, he has said, and he said this in 2019, that Southern Hills is his favorite course. So he's going to be favored in that tournament. But I think Tiger can add an element to these majors where, listen, there, there's always ma- buzz with the majors, right? It happens in, in tennis, the Grand Slams, right? The, the French Open, the U.S. Open, Wimbledon, they feel bigger. But when you add the star player, who in this case is Tiger Woods, even though if he's no longer quite the star in terms of talent because of all the injuries, it is, uh, I, I hope that he plays them all. And I actually feel... Just knowing the guy like we all do following his career. Yeah, I think he had a lot of fun last week. And I talked to Sobel about it. He clearly took a lot of pride in it. But you can't... I saw a clip the other day in baseball. Buck Showalter, who hasn't been a manager in a long time, who's worked at ESPN and the Yes Network. And listen, he's a baseball lifer. He's a baseball addict. But in like the second game of the season, he's the Mets manager... He got, Lindor got blasted in the face. 
Uh, I think it hit his helmet, but by a Nats pitcher. And he went out there and he went Sparky Anderson. And I was just thinking, like, you don't get these juices sitting in ESPN Studios or in the in, in the Yes Network broadcast booth. You only get this wearing your sliders, being on the bench, right? It's why so many coaches that retire from coaching go back because they're deep down. It's just who they are. Look at John Gruden. John Gruden made probably a hundred million dollars. Hell, might have been more between getting fired for Tampa and returning for the Raiders. And he returned. And let's face it, he wasn't going to go anywhere if the emails from Dan Snyder doesn't come back. I think Tiger has like the coaching mindset. Like he is a golf freak nerd. Like it's that means everything to him. Where who did I hear say that he told someone that w- with his back injuries, sometimes he would just go lay on his yard in in the back of his house and just dream of hitting crisp iron shots. Can you imagine being that good at something? Whatever you do, whatever you do, if you're a salesman, if you're an engineer, if you're an architect, podcaster, whatever you do. For most of us, it's very, very difficult to be like, that guy's the best at what he does. I would say the the average, if you just talk, anyone listening to this, including myself, if you ran into us and be like, who's the best in your industry? We'd rattle off like five or six guys, but it's really hard to quantify, right? Unless we're going up against Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk or Tom Brady, you know, you're going to name several names. If you play golf against Tiger Woods and you go, who's the best golfer you ever played? That person's going to say Tiger freaking Woods. He was the best at what he did. And then it get, got taken away from him, some of it self-inflicted several times. And then he made this comeback and the adulation and the excitement is beyond palpable. I mean, it's just, it doesn't get any bigger. We're all, he transcends sports and golf for a long time was so niche, but football people care. Basketball people care. Everyone cares. Why? Because he's Tiger Woods. His fame to me has only been matched in my lifetime by an athlete, Michael Jeffrey Jordan. Not not even Tom Brady, because Tom Brady's not international, right? There are probably some soccer stars, Ronaldo, maybe a Lewis Hamilton internationally that are enormous, but that that's like Tiger. That's Michael Jordan. It's nobody else. Maybe Kobe had his moments. I, I wouldn't put LeBron on their stage. The other thing with Michael and Tiger, they became Michael Jackson level famous when the internet did not exist. If you become super famous pre-internet, to me, you are stupid famous. If you become famous post-internet, like that's impressive, but it's much easier to become famous now. I mean, I follow some people on Instagram and I'll look and they got 9 million followers. I'm like, I got no clue who this person is or what they do. Sometimes it's some babes, but it's just, it's, it's, it's a different world now. And Tiger is internet famous and he's pre-internet famous, partly because he's, we've never seen anything quite like him. And his freaking name is Tiger Woods. And a huge element because not only was he winning every tournament, he won 15 majors. And as you saw last week, winning a major changes your life. Scotty Scheffler had won three tournaments in basically 45 days. Google Ricky Fowler. I think he's got four career wins. Scotty Scheffler in a 35 or 45-day stretch had won three. And these were big boy tournaments, right? TPC Scottsdale, Waste Management, that's no joke. Arnold Palmer, I don't know, Tigers won that seven times. The match play, big deal to win that tournament. WGC pays a lot. His career was, Scotty Scheffler's career, and he'd been on a Ryder Cup, he'd had a historic like six-month run. You win three PGA tournaments and, you attend, and you're a member of the Ryder Cup, that's a hell of a career in itself. But you win the Masters, 
it's a game changer. To me, the one major that's a little different than the other three, like you're a U.S. Open champ, you're a British Open champ, and as the golf people say, the Open, I call it the British Open, or the Masters, it's life-changing. And I thought it was, I don't think I talked about this on Sunday night's pod. It's very, one thing golfers, and this is why I'm hard on Nick Faldo, they articulate things so well about their golf game, about their life. Like, they're usually great interviews. And Scotty said after he won it, when he was sitting at the press conference with his green jacket on, that he cried like a baby the moment on Sunday. Because obviously you don't tee off till 2.40 in the afternoon. You're not going to get to the golf course probably till 1 or 1.30. I can't even imagine. And this is a guy that had just won three times, had a strong lead in the Masters, and he physically basically broke down on his wife. To me, that that humanizes him. And then he gets it done. Like, his life is never going to be the same. And obviously, we love doing this when a guy wins a major. How many is he going to win? It's clearly hard. But I don't think any of us would argue, once you see Scotty Scheffler play, once you see his high end, once you see his ability to now close tournaments, he's winning multiple majors. And I had read or maybe heard that he had been injured in college. And you see his body. You know, I wouldn't exactly call him like Tiger Woods or Dustin Johnson of fitness. But, you know, he's pretty loose when in terms of his swing. He doesn't feel like a guy that could get injured, but he has been hurt before. That's the only thing that's slowing him down. Because he can hit it high, he can hit it low, he can work it left, he can work it right. Obviously, he works it. He works the cut better than the draw, but he definitely can hit the draw. He can play in Bombers courses. He can play in the Masters. Austin, one thing I would say about Austin Country Club, and even he said this that week, like he played at Texas. He's like, I've probably played this course 100 times in my life. But So that was, you know, kind of a home course advantage. But Arnold Palmer wasn't. That course was a war zone, and he he won the thing. So you just, winning majors in this sport is like, I say it all the time in football, like some of these guys, like I I don't give you that much credit when you take a little less money to go to a great team because winning in the playoffs and winning a ring in the NBA, in the NFL, your World Series champion, it changes your life. It changes the way you're viewed. For the rest of your life, you're known as Masters champion Scotty Scheffler, Super Bowl champion Ronnie Lott, World Series champion Tim Lincecum. Like that's, that's how you're introduced for the rest of your life. When, when, you, when you excel, obviously team sports is harder because there are more things out of your control. But in golf, you can win so many tournaments. And that is really impressive. It's obviously fucking impossible to win the... Puerto Rican Open to win the Barracuda in uh, in Nevada would be hard. Let alone, you know, the players, the, the WGC, Memorial, like all these tournaments are hard as shit to win. Nothing like a major, man. Nothing like winning a major. And specifically to me, if I had to rank them, if you said, John, you get to be a pro golfer, how would you rank the majors you'd want to win? For me personally, it would be the Masters 1, the U.S. Open 2, the Open 3, and the PGA a pretty distant fourth. Like, I, you know, I'm not trying to take anything away from guys that have won the PGA Championship because it's very, very difficult to win. And depending on the course that year, it could be very hard. I might rather be a Players Champion than a PGA Championship. And I, I could be wrong. You might think I'm crazy. But, like, I think the Players... And Ricky Fowler has a Players Championship. But most guys that have won the Players' Championship, if you just Google the guys that have won it, have also won majors. Like, it's, it's, the cream usually rises. Like, if you told me Scotty Scheffler wins the Players' Championship, like, I would expect that. Look who won it this year. Cam Smith. Look who was right in the mix to win it. Cam Smith. Tigers, the Phils, 
the, you know, a lot of great players have won the tournament. But very, I think we just look at them differently. We just period, point blank, end of story. I say the same thing about John Rahm. Before John Rahm was this elite talent, this elite guy. Then he wins Torrey Pines, the U.S. Open. We just, major champion. How many, Colin Morikawa. The moment that happens, like, I'm a, I love Victor Hovland. The moment that guy, and he's a stud. But we're going to look at him differently once he eventually gets over the hump. DeChambeau. DeChambeau went to a different level when he won at Wingfoot. We just, he, he, he just went up 10 notches. Because it's that important in the sport. And the way the Masters was playing, I mean, that thing was thing was a war zone. It was playing like a U.S. Open. The greens were crazy. The winds. It was an intense test for basically two and a half days. And Scotty kicked the shit out of everybody. What a performance. What a moment. It's why, like, JT, he's a major champion, but his one major championship is the PGA. But, like, last week was pretty respectable. Right? It's why it's why we speak so highly of Rory and, jo- and Jordan. They have multiple majors. Like, multiple. Right? U.S. Opens for Rory. The Open Championship. Uh, the PGA for Spieth. The Masters. The U.S. Open. Well, a little weird one at Chambers Bay, but he still did it. The Open against Kuchar. Like, that's, that's a big deal. It's like, I'm not just a major champion. I've won several. Think about Bubba Watson. It's like, no, he's not just a Masters champion. He's a two-time Masters champion. Like, ultimately, like Adam Scott, Sergio, great players, incredible careers. Bubba's got two of those bad boys. It's just, it's a mother to do it. And it's someone that's never even come close to playing at that level. But I think we all agree and acknowledge how impressive what Scotty was doing but what he did last week was you could combine the other three wins into one, and I, to me, they don't even equal the Masters. That's how impressive what that guy just pulled off. And to see him get emotional about it, and just a lover of sports and lover of winning big things, cool to watch, fun to watch. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Step up to the tee and take a swing at betting the PGA Tour on FanDuel Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can place their first PGA Tour bet risk-free and if you don't win you'll get up to $1,000 back if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel there's no better time to get in on the action the app is so easy to use there's a range of betting options like outright winners head-to-head matchups nationality props and so much more and when you win you'll get paid fast this weekend RBC Heritage I'm taking two guys Harold Varner III and Maverick McNeely. One of those two guys is going to win the tournament. So go low this summer and bet on the PGA Tour. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app and sign up using the promo code Colin to get your first bet risk-free, up to $1,000. Remember to use my promo code Colin to get this special offer today. FanDuel Sportsbook, the official betting operator of the PGA Tour. 21 and over and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Illinois, Iowa, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. Must wager in designated offer market. Max bet $5. Restrictions apply.
See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 533-42 Arizona 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat Connecticut 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG Colorado, Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Virginia 1-877-770-STOP Louisiana or 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help Michigan. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 New York, Tennessee Red Line 1-800-888-9789 Tennessee 1-800-522-4700 Wyoming Visit www.1800gambler.net West Virginia Little Postmasters hangover but the great part about the sport of golf is it just pivots right into another golf tournament and uh, down in the, the eastern seaboard where my man Jason Sobel lives, who's fresh off a little master's appearance, uh, now is ready to gamble on the upcoming golf tournament. Uh, Sobel, you can hear him every week, Monday through when Monday and uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. There you go. Series XM two to four. Uh, Links and Locks Action Network. He pumping out content. I, he had top ten things he saw the Masters. He had a betting guide. I mean, just this guy can type. Sobel, what is up? What's going on, John? I, you know, I might have been the only guy sitting in the Augusta National Press Building on Saturday afternoon working on my RBC Heritage preview for this coming week. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Did, did you stay? Did you stay for Sunday or did you take off Saturday? No, no, I stayed for the whole thing. Got up five in the morning, Monday morning, drove home. I mean, yeah, just whirlwind. What's the, what's the drive door to door for you? Six and a half. Although I woke up, I'm not a car guy, John. I woke up Monday morning, getting ready for a six and a half hour drive and pull out of the driveway at the rental house. And the check engine light goes on and the car needs, oh. Oh, car needs coolant. I'm like, all right, cool. What's coolant? I'm like, uh, oh, antifreeze. Okay. I get this. I go to, the, go to the gas station in the dark. It's still dark out in the dark. I'm, I'm looking at YouTube videos. I'm like under the hood. I'm like, uh, there's a few different places this this coolant can go, and I, I don't want to get it wrong. And so I'm like, all right, it go, okay, I got it here. I pour the coolant in. Then I'm pouring, I'm pouring. I'm like, okay, maybe some more. I pour some more in. All of a sudden, it starts overflowing. I'm like, oh, crap, what's going to happen? I start Googling, you know, too much coolant. Ah, it'll probably just burn off, or your car might explode. I'm like, all right, cool. One of those two. I hope it's the first one. So I made it home. Car's still okay. We'll see. But, yeah, it's uh, it was a long day. Is Augusta south of Atlanta, or do you have to drive through Atlanta on your way? Didn't go through Atlanta. Augusta is east of Atlanta. If I'm, you're putting me on the spot there, but I'm pretty sure. Basically, going through. I I just know as from a scouting perspective in the NFL, I did the West, and it's so big. I mean, you know, the golf tournaments are so spread out. We're in the in the southeast. You can go from like Florida State to Georgia to Alabama yeah. to Kentucky. Yeah. It's all you can just drive everywhere. Yeah. It's pretty. Uh, you, you guys are pretty lucky. Out yeah, there. it's kind of like Savannah. It's easy to get around. Over to Savannah through Jacksonville, and then basically just straight down to Orlando. So you know, obviously the Masters. I I'm, I don't know if you saw today. The ratings were big on Sunday. I mean, the, I think the Tiger effect speaks for itself. Mm-hmm. The buzz of the tournament. Uh, but just your overall takeaway from Eldrick Tiger Woods making his comeback what it felt like early in the week. Cause we, we talked to you before even the week started and then obviously the weekend was tough, but it was tough on a lot of guys. What that Thursday was like, cause that felt like a pretty special moment. So it's interesting. You remember the old match play 
we talked about match play a few weeks ago, but you remember the old match play when they'd have 64 guys on a Wednesday and they'd have 32 matches and 32 guys are going home. NCAA tournament. Exactly. It was great on Wednesday. You're like, Oh my God, this is crazy. I can't believe this guy's done. And that guy's done. And then the next day, okay, we got half as many guys and now we're cutting it in half again. Oh man, we lost a bunch of guys by the weekend. You're like, Oh, it's only four guys playing golf. And I always called it an inverted pyramid this past week felt like the inverted pyramid of masters tournaments. What I mean by that is I was out on the golf course following tigers practice round on Monday, late Monday afternoon with Justin Thomas and Fred couples. And it was electric out there. There was a buzz through the pines. I mean, the galleries looked like it was Sunday afternoon, not Monday afternoon. And so uh, everyone's excited about, you know, wow, tigers back. This is amazing. We're seeing them for the first time that continued through through Thursday, we see Tiger back. All right, there's still that buzz. Everyone wants to watch Tiger. I walked out. I, I couldn't even follow him. I was walking out there with a colleague for about four or five holes, the first four or five of Tiger's round, and, and you can't even see anything. You're like, oh, I, I think I see his pink shirt through the uh, through the crowd a little bit, but you could barely see anything. So, um, and, and then the weekend just kind of dissipated a little bit. I mean, we had what we thought was a two-horse race going into Sunday, Uh, It was close for a little while. Cam Smith makes that triple on 12. And the last six holes, essentially the last hour and a half of the Masters was a Scotty Scheffler coronation. And so it it just sort of the whole week kind of went from like super buzzy, super electric, um, having a lot of a lot of drama, a lot of things to by the end of the weekend kind of. All right. It just sort of ended. It ends with a four putt where, hey, he could have six putted and still been okay. Do you think there's a tangible takeaway from Tiger besides just, you know, it feels like he's going to be able to come back moving forward and play in the, in the majors. But, you know, as the week went on, clearly fatigue, he was off. Now he granted, he hasn't played. So it's like, can you even take that much away from it? He knows that course so well, or are we just going to see a guy that, you know, the night that stretch from basically 18 when he competed in the open and then the tour championship and then the masters, like he was playing really good golf. Like, are, you think it's even fair to believe that that's possible anymore, or are we just never going to bet against this guy? But I don't know. I mean, I just see that, that, that leg looks so weird. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple of takeaways. There's, there's a takeaway in the moment in the present. And there's a takeaway for the future moving forward in the present. My takeaway was that I have been at major championships that tiger won. You know, a PGA championship. Oh yeah. Got another one. All right. There's a trophy. Thanks. Gonna go hit the road now. Where he wasn't nearly as prideful as he was this past weekend. I mean, Tiger really like he said it throughout the entire week. I just I'm I'm filled with gratitude um, to my team, all the doctors, the trainers, all my family members that helped me get to this point. He was proud of himself. He, he didn't think he was ever going to play golf again. He was proud of himself that he's not only playing but went to Augusta National, competed, uh, got into the mix really after the first round, made the cut. Um, he, he was very proud of himself. I, I haven't seen that side of Tiger before. I think he had, he enjoyed the fact that he was out there playing amongst the guys on the biggest stage. Then there's the takeaway for the future. And it, you're right. Like, I, I don't know what we look at from Tiger right now. And so, you know, he, he has told us, and if, you know, there's no reason to not believe him, he's never gonna play a full schedule again. And a full schedule for Tiger to begin with was like 10 events. We're not talking, Oh, I'm not going to play 25 events in a calendar year. It's like, he wasn't doing that anyway. His full schedule was 10 or 12 events. Now he's saying, no, there's no way I can do that many. So, I mean, I'm guessing we're looking at him uh, probably over the next few years, unless things change and they very well could 
four major championships, maybe the Hero World Challenge in uh, in December and the Genesis Invitational in February, the two events where he is the, the host of those tournaments. And so um, that's probably the, the times that we see him. He didn't commit, as you said, to the PGA or the U.S. Open. My guess is in the moments just after finishing at Augusta National, when someone says, hey, how about Southern Hills? You, Tiger's thinking, you put anything with hills in the name of it in front of me right now, and I want no part of it. I Just give me a little time. And I think that a week from now, two weeks from now, Tiger will uh, rest and recuperate a little bit and say, you know what? Yeah, if I did it at Augusta, let's go do it at Southern Hills. I've won there too. And uh, I have every reason to believe that he will go out there and play. If we're looking for an event where, Hey, can Tiger actually contend, maybe even win another golf tournament? Uh, the the Open at St. Andrews is absolutely the perfect storm for him. It's a golf course he knows really well. It's flat. He can go walk it. Uh, it should be three months past uh, whatever point he is right now, and he should be able to keep progressing and keep feeling better, and the swing keeps getting better. So, I mean, if you're looking for a place, it's very um, – it's going to be very chalky as far as like if you're picking one event where Tiger could contend somewhere down the road, but everyone's going to pick that same one, but uh, for good reason. I mean, I, I honestly think that we'll see him then. We'll see how the leg is. We'll see how he's feeling. We'll see his confidence level, but there's every reason to believe that Tiger can play much better at St. Andrews in a few months. Well, one golf takeaway I had for obviously the irons and the putting was really rusty, but he, that little fairway finder butter cut. I mean, he was, he was peppering fairways. Obviously he's not blasting at 320 yards anymore, but if he can play like that and just dial, I mean, he's the greatest iron player of all time and just figure out a way to be a little more consistent there and let the putter get hot. Could he actually compete at, you know, the PGA championship or the U S open just moving forward tournaments like that. If he's hitting a lot of fairways. Yeah, sure. Why not? I mean, like you said, he's greatest not just iron player, but long and mid iron player that we've seen. And so if he's leaving himself a little bit more coming in, but he's in the fairway. Sure. I mean, I, I saw people this past weekend saying, and, and you can contend this is true that if tiger drove it in his prime, the way he did this past week, he might've won more majors back 10, 15 years ago. I just keep it in the fairway. All right, let me, you know, I'll hit it 20 yards shorter, but uh, I won't be losing it left and right playing army golf the whole time, as he used to say. So uh, yeah, it, it's very possible, very viable that, you know, he goes to Southern Hills. Look, he won there back in 07, knows the golf course. They've had some changes since then. I still maintain, John, that the toughest part for Tiger, it's not overcoming injury. It's not getting through the pain. It's not trying to figure out his swing. It's not, okay, well, I got to figure out how to putt. It's He's got to go beat Scotty Scheffler. He's got to go beat John Rahm. He's got to beat Justin Thomas. He's got to beat Rory McIlroy. He's got to beat all these other guys. It's not as if they're going to look at him on the leaderboard and go, Oh, that's sweet. Tiger's playing. What a great story. You know what? I'll make some bogeys so we can see Tiger move up the board. I'll do that for him. No, these guys are all really, really good. They're trying to beat everybody else. And so they're not going to back up just for Tiger. And so that's always been the biggest hurdle for him in this, in this stage of his career is not just playing his best golf, but having his best golf be better than everybody else's best golf. Well, the first I saw this nugget before we get into uh, this weekend was you tweeted it out that uh, in his bio, Scotty Scheffler said the Southern Hills is his favorite golf course. You've been around the tour for two decades. I, I mean, there's one thing to be on a heater, right? Win a tournament, a couple top fives, be playing high. Low. Shane Lowry is on a heater. Mm-hmm. Alex Norens had a fantastic <laughs> year, right? There's another thing to win four times at four big-time tournaments, one including the Masters. 
minus Tiger, do you ever remember a two-month stretch quite like we're witnessing with this guy, no, especially from I mean, a young player? There's probably been some. I mean, Rory McIlroy won two majors within a few months span. Brooks Kepka did the same thing. So, I mean, there have been players that played really well. Nothing like this, though. Nothing going – when the odometer goes from zero to four in less than 60 days – that's playing some really good golf. And, and Scotty Scheffler uh, certainly learned something throughout each of these. I think the most impressive thing, and I've said this to you uh, in the past few weeks when we're talking about Scheffler, but the fact that he's won four completely different tournaments on four completely different golf courses. So it's not as if, man, he just goes to these ball striker courses and plays really well. It went to Phoenix where you got to make a bunch of birdies. You got to bomb it out there. They're having a huge party around you and no one's even paying attention to guys playing golf. And you've got to really focus on your game because, you know, there's beer cans spilled all over the place. And then he goes to the API, which looks like a mini U.S. Open, the most brutal conditions that we see all year other than the open and wins there. Then he goes to match play, which is a totally different animal where it's not even the same format. And it's like, hey, let's go to Augusta National, which has nothing uh, to do with any of those uh, other tournaments. No similarities between those first three. It's the biggest tournament of the year. And okay, I'm going to win there too. To me, what separates the best players in the world from that next tier of players is that the very best can win anywhere, anytime. And Scheffler epitomizes that mentality right now where he can show up at, at, at a 6,800 yard golf course where you got to keep it tight and hit it on the greens. He can show up at an 8,000 yard golf course where you got to bomb it and you got to hit long irons into him and, and make some putts, whatever it is, he's going to show up and go, okay, I have a chance to win on this golf course. And that to me is the most impressive part. And you're right. Southern Hills, his favorite golf course. He won the big 12 championship there. I got into this discussion a little bit with Eddie Pepperell, uh, a, a European tour pro on, on Twitter who said, you know, St. Andrews could be great for Scheffler as well because, you know, you just got, it's all about short game. He's got great short game right now. Got to make a lot of birdies. He does that. And then I replied and I said, well, he also won the API, which looked very much like the U S open. And so I guess the conclusion here is congratulations to the Scotty on the Scotty slam. Uh, good luck to everybody next year. When you come back for the majors, I don't know. I, I don't know. Uh, from a human element, I mean, you'd know better than anyone listening, being around these guys. Feels like he's very well liked. People just think he's a good guy. Yeah. Had Scotty, had, uh, excuse me, Billy Horschel on the radio yesterday. And Billy's not even a guy that grew up with Scotty Shuffler. Um, you know, certainly he's got his buddies, uh, Will Zalatoris and uh, Jordan Spieth and guys that he grew up playing golf with in the Dallas area. Billy Horschel had him on the radio show. He doesn't even know Scotty that well. And he said, I've got up to Scotty and just go, hey, I just respect the hell out of you. You're such a good player. Um, you're such a nice guy. I, you're doing everything the right way. I really like how you go about your business. And yes, he's a very popular guy, a popular player. It's going to be a lot more popular now. Everyone's going to be trying to play practice with, rounds with him, trying to uh, either get into that pocket, which has $10 million in it from this season alone already, which is crazy, or uh, just try to get some tips from him, trying to glean some advice or maybe just something by osmosis. Okay, let's transition to Hilton Head, which, uh, you know, feels like a lot, a lot of guys at the top just played last week. So it's it's not a bad field at all, but feels like historically just looking back, not necessarily the favorites win this thing. Before we dive into your pick, one guy who's had success here, who uh, you mentioned in your, uh, your Action Network piece, feels like he's trending in the right way, would be DJ. You know, I, I would say historically, the last three or four years, he'd probably be a single digit eight, nine to one. Right now, he's 16, 17 to one. 
I mean, if you are going to take a favorite in this tournament, you know, Morikawa, JT, would, would he be the guy you think? It's, Is that it's fair? probably DJ or Morikawa. Um, I like staying away from the guys who are in serious contention at a major championship the week before, but I don't know, even though he finished top five, I don't know that I put Morikawa in that category because he was never really grinding away in contention. So he didn't have that, that mental energy exerted like Cameron Smith did throughout all four days. And so uh, he almost won this last year. Yeah, right? Exactly. I mean, against Stewart. Exactly. Smith. So uh, yeah, like Morikawa a lot. DJ just looks like he's ready to go. He had 13 clubs that he hit really well last week. The one he didn't was the driver kept him from scoring on the par fives. Harbortown, I'm not even sure DJ needs a driver. He can leave that thing in the trunk and, and just play with 13 and be absolutely fine this week. So I, I like DJ a lot as well. If I'm if I'm looking at the top of the board right there, it's probably those two. I hate to leave Justin Thomas off of, you know, I'll leave him off the card. I might, I want to at least include him on a list of potential contenders, but uh, right below them, Shane Lowry, Corey Connors, Matt Fitzpatrick. I mean, there's, there's a lot of guys you can look at this week and say, boy, I really like them. I almost wish all those big names had stayed away because this is a week. Usually you can find some value. You can find some, uh, some shorter, accurate ball striker types who can get up and down from around the greens and, and you can attack those bigger numbers. It's harder to attack those bigger numbers when you've got so many big names in the field. You mentioned Shane Lowry, and I know Lowry said he's playing some of the best golf he's ever yep. played. I think he said after Friday, it's one of the best golf rounds he's mm-hmm. played. I looked not just for this week, but looked at his odds for the next three majors. You would think that the U.S. Open, the way his game is, the Open, and even I don't know much about Southern Hills, but I'm sure it's going to play tough that week. Would it shock you if he won a major this not year, Shane Lowry? The, if he, the way he's playing right now and the way his game translates? Not at all. I think the Open Championship would be the one that most people would point to him at. I actually like him better at harder golf courses. Uh, St. Andrews is going to play easy. Look, I, I love the old course. It's fantastic. I'm not suggesting they should take it out of the rotation or anything like that. Uh, guys are going to shoot. 23 under to win. I mean, it's it's predicated on the weather. Yeah, right? If the if wind, I mean, blow, yes, there's... granted, the wind could blow 30 miles an hour every day and it'll be much tougher. But if they get four days of sunshine and a, a wee breeze blowing through there, uh, you're going to have to make a lot of birdies. <laughs> I don't think Shane Lowry has that kind of firepower, but I do think at a U.S. Open where he can go shoot four rounds of 70 and have a really good chance of winning. I, that's the place where I would target him two months from now at Brookline. Uh, your pick to win it, Kevin Na, who's, you know, again, you know, he's not the most famous player, but you look up, the guy is a competitor and he makes a lot of money on the PGA tour and he wins a, a lot more than you realize. So, uh, sell me on Kevin Na at 60 to one. Had the best ball striking numbers last week at Augusta national, of course, which doesn't suit his game nearly as well as Harbortown does 15 career starts, five top tens at this one. It looks like he's trending in the right direction. Uh, he's got that new father narrative i get it he had kids already but he's a new father again for the third time uh Perspective. recently so i uh, like him a lot a couple other names maverick mcneely has a really nice number he's a lot longer than i thought he would be again that's based on all those big names at the top of the board pushing everybody else down just a little bit mito Pereira is a guy that's won on the corn ferry tour a bunch before he got to the pga tour um i can see uh, a little on him this week, Denny McCarthy, one of the best putters on uh, Bermuda Greens. And then Matthew Neesmith had him on the radio show a few weeks ago after a third place finish in Tampa. 
And I asked him, uh, he's a South Carolina native. I said, if we're going to pick you somewhere during the year, where is it? He goes, oh, Harbortown. Love that place. My favorite place. I, I think he's going to play well. He is 33rd on the PGA Tour in strokes gained on approach shots so far this year. And he's a guy that I could see it. If not for a winning ticket, he's 180 to one outright. Uh, just for a top 20 this week, I think he's a really solid play. One name that I wrote down, because he played here well last last year, he had some moments last weekend in his first ever Masters. He's from this kind of general area, Harold Varner. Uh, you know, I don't know how much win equity he has, given that he's never won the PGA Tour. Now, granted, he won in that Saudi pay-to-play deal, which was pretty cool. I mean, he beat some really good players there, obviously hit that putt on 18 to beat Bubba. But, I mean, Harold Varner, you... Is it fair to say he's going to win a PGA golf tournament in his career? I certainly think so. I certainly hope so. I love Harold. He's been doing some work with us. He has a show now on Sirius XM's PGA Tour channel. And so um, he's a very, very popular guy amongst his peers, amongst the fans, amongst the media. I mean, this is a guy that everyone is rooting for. Everyone wants to see him go win. Every time he gets into contention, something happens, John. And I, I man, I, I hope that. That's not a trend. That's just coincidence that we've seen him on the weekend near the top of the leaderboard a lot. Because he blew up on Saturday, I, didn't he? You I, go, mean, was, I mean, he blew up this past Saturday. Uh, a couple of years ago at Riviera, he's right up there. And on uh, Saturday or Sunday, topped one off the 10th tee. A few years before that, PGA at, at Bethpage, he played terribly on the weekend when he got himself into contention. It's just, it, it's, it's getting to be more than just once or twice. I mean, this has been a while now where... Um, where Varner gets himself into the mix. He's certainly talented to go play some good golf, but just it can't get it done on the weekend. I know Saudi Arabia made that big eagle against Bubba Watson to win that one, and I, that should be good for his confidence level. Won in Australia a few years before that, but I still I need to see him do it on the PGA Tour. I, I honestly don't think this is a great Harold Varner course, um, but yeah, I mean, he's a very good player, and I'm certainly rooting for it. One thing I do like about what he did last week is he shot 80 on Saturday after sitting with Scott Van Pelt, came back the next day, a little mental fortitude shot 69. You know, I'm not saying necessarily for this week, but he's a guy that when you see the 60, 70 to one odds in some of these tournaments that, you know, don't have the most loaded fields. I just think over the next couple of years, he's going to win one. You're going to, he's going to win it at like 75 to one or 65 to one. Yeah, he probably is. uh, I will say shooting three under in the final round is a lot easier after you shoot 80 in the third round. That is, ask uh, the, the man from from uh-huh. Ireland, right? Rory who's made a made a career oh, out of it. Really quick, last on on Rory. Yeah. Do you put much stock into that, or is that just kind of what he does? It is what he does. I put stock into it. I mean, I you know I was joking around about all the narratives on Twitter, but look, it, this is a a viable trend now that Rory, whether he shoots himself out of the tournament or just doesn't quite play well enough over the first three days, he. he he just doesn't quite get it done. The nerves are there. The anxiety is there. I know he wants to win Augusta. Uh, he wants to win the Masters green jacket more than anything in the world. And then once he's out of it, he goes, okay, let me just exhale. And okay, now I can go out and play some really good golf. And, and he needs to kind of figure that out and turn it around. I, I joked on Twitter and I have people still yelling at me two days later um, that, you know, years from now, we're going to look back at his Wikipedia page and say, wow, what a great week for Rory. Fact of the matter is, it wasn't a great week. It was a great day. He had a great final round. He did not have a great week. At no point on Thursday, Friday, or Saturday did we look at Rory McIlroy and say, man, he's playing great. This is really good to see. He was very average for three days. 
played his best golf. I think it helps his confidence level moving forward that he knows, hey, I can do it when I want to do it, when I need to do it on the final round at the biggest tournament of the year. But he's got to do a little bit better on those first three rounds, especially at the majors. It's been eight years now, and he's still looking for number five. Do you, do you like him at any of the majors this year? Or are you, are you, I, I like him at all. He's not going to be on your yeah, betting card. I mean, like, yeah. just put Rory on your card. Yes, I, I like him at all of them. I don't love him at any of them because because of this trend. I mean, it's just, it's not like, oh, well, you know, there was one week in Augusta where he didn't play great to start and then he played great at the end. Um, and I'm not a backdoor finish kind of guy. I, I don't like that terminology. I, you know, look, if, if you're going to play your best, play your best on Sunday, not on Thursday. I, I'm a true yeah. believer in that. That said, he's a guy that's learned how to win major championships. Now it feels like he's forgotten how to win them. And now it feels like he's only playing when he's sort of at it. He's, he's the NBA team that goes into the fourth quarter down 20 and then has a three pointer to maybe tie it up with a minute left and, and misses. And all of a sudden it's like, well, we gave it a good run. You know, we, we came from behind, but oh, well, you know, and yeah, we played when the pressure was off. So I'd love to see it. I, I think Rory's game suits every golf course in the world. You know, like I was saying about Scheffler, uh, what separates the best from the rest is that the best can uh, win any place, anytime. Rory is certainly included in that. I just got to see it. I, I got to see him go out there and, and have that sort of winning attitude, that competitive fire and desire. It does feel like, I know Cam Smith had a rough Sunday, but guys like Cam Smith, Scotty Scheffler, they're just better wedge players than Rory. You know, they're just really good with the wedges. I mean, they are just world-class, it feels like. Some of the high-end American guys. I mean, Cam Smith's an Aussie, but just the high-end guys right now. You feel very, like, 40-yard shot. You're like, yeah, this guy's going to knock it to three feet, and they always do, basically. Uh, until Sunday, I can't even remember the last time where I saw Rory just knocking down flag sticks with 100-yard shots. He doesn't do it. You look at the stats, he's just, he, he needs to improve. And this has been a while now. This has been a few years now where, you know, that part of his game needs to improve. Look, uh, everyone's got a little part of their game they can improve on. And if it's... But D, but DJ DJ went to another level when he really focused on those wedges. He just became a dominant of player. Of course. And you, you, look at, you look at what Scheffler... Uh, what was... Was it 17 on Sunday? And it was kind of over by then. Uh, Scheffler hit one a little crooked and had oh, to kind of punch out. What a shot. And he had 100-something into the hole and knocked it to a foot. And it's like, you go from, oh, man, I'm in a little bit of trouble to... I'll just punch out and then I'll just knock it right at the flag stick and make my par. No big deal. And so when you have the confidence to do that, it opens up every other aspect of your game. Now it's, Hey, let me grab driver off the tee and try to slam this driver, take a little risk on. And if it doesn't work out, I have the confidence that I can punch out because my wedge game is so good. I can knock it on the green. Uh, When you're not hitting your wedges the way you need to, it all kind of works in reverse and it goes back to the team. We were standing over your tee shot going, well, I better hit this one in the fairway. Cause if I miss it to the right, then I'm going to have to punch out. And if I punch out, I'm not sure I can get it close. And if I can't get it close and I'm making a bogey at best. And so all of a sudden the whole thing snowballs. So yeah, having that wedge game can bail you out of a lot of problems and it allows you to be a lot more aggressive out there on the golf course. So, well, I appreciate the time and uh, hopefully your master's hangover and your car is doing good and we can just uh, transition. It is major season now. We start rattling off the majors. This is when it starts getting good. I know the master's is probably the peak, yeah. but 
We got three. I more. get it. I get it. Can I get a day off before we get to the next three, please? <laughs> yeah. I go play some well, golf. at least you, you, you already know who's going to win Southern Hills, right? So you just put Scotty Scheffler at the top of your uh, board and you just move on. Did you see John Rom, by the way, he is the favorite right now at PGA championship. I have a feeling that might change over the next few weeks. I, I, I do too. I, I think Scotty Scheffler is going to start being about five. He went Southern Hills. He'll be like five to one going into the U S open. You know what that's all about? That's all about the books getting the free PR where they leave John Rom just, just one point ahead of Scheffler uh, in the books, then all the, uh, you know, ESPN.com and golf channel and golf.com. They're all writing these stories about like, wow, Rom is favored over Scheffler. It's called free PR guys. You bit right into <laughs> it and you gave them all the uh, free PR. Thanks. So have a good you day. You too. Okay. Let's go a little go low mailbag at Golo pod at Golo pod is the Instagram slide up into those DMS. And get your question answered here on the show. JT 14 to 1 from Jackson. That's just, that's the DM. I don't love favorites in tournaments like this. Uh, I I talked to, if you listen, I think this comes after Sobel. I I like a Harold Varner, a Maverick McNeely, uh, a Neesmith. I I like taking flyers on some of these random tournaments. I do think that JT is showing enough. Like, to me, the bet would be JT at the PGA Championship or the U.S. Open. Or even the even the British Open. Like if you told me JT wins a major this year, I believe it. I I actually am going to gamble on him on all three majors. To me, JT and Shane Lowry are going to be three guys that I bet on uh, to win majors. Thanks for the FanDuel tip on DJ and Rory to make the cut. I just got into betting a couple weeks ago. What do you listen to for golf betting tips? Uh, I, I read Sobel's article. I listen to uh, the Tour Junkies. They, they have a, a podcast and have a YouTube channel. They dive deep into gambling. Um, and yeah, I mean, I just watch a lot of golf. So I, I got a pretty good feel. And then I do, you know, my own research of just looking at the last couple of years and who's playing well. But that's kind of the extent on it. Like, I, I don't view myself as a handicapper, but glad that you won a little cash. John, longtime follow. Appreciate you deeply. Thank you, buddy. Tiger social post. It's been a special run. Last year on the tour, maybe, did say comments about the other majors, too. I, I, I think it's more just excitement. I, I don't think he's going anywhere. Unless he's in a lot more pain than he's letting on. And he was definitely in pain. But do you know what I was thinking about? Luke Donald, not Luke Donald, Paul Casey and then Louis Ustasian both withdrew with bad backs. And listen, I've, I've never had that bad of a back, but I understand it's painful. Tiger's got a fuse fucking back and a rod in a, bro, you know, an ankle that doesn't even exist. He didn't withdraw. What do you think he thinks with like Louie, who WDs in his own group? Like Louie, bro, I'm in more pain than you. I, I'm he, Tiger even said, I put together like Humpty Dumpty. And this guy's withdrawing with a sore back. <laughs> you know, Tiger is... Tiger's wired like he's Walter Payton or Lawrence Taylor. Scheffler putting on a serious clinic, but nobody cares. Everyone's still following Tiger. Hell, I'm doing the same. Question. Has Tiger shined so bright that anyone is just a distant second? Scheffler could be the next Spieth or Rom, win a bunch of tournaments in a short span, then lose the ability to putt or perform in big spots. I like Tiger more than ever. All the BS shows he's human and relatable. I agree. Yeah, I just think... It'd be like if Michael Jordan came back to the NBA. He's just infinitely bigger. It's just not even close. So it's not a reflection on Scheffler or Jordan Spieth or Justin Thomas or Bryson or whoever. 
Tiger is just, he is the needle. You know, he doesn't move the needle. He is for the entire sport. There's just nothing you can do. He's just that famous. Uh, my man Tiger is plus one through two rounds, made the cut, and is right in the thick of things, even though Scheffler is on fire. Question. Tiger with this devastating injury is obviously not 100%. We see him limping. If Tiger was actually healthy, isn't he conceivable that he'd be a top three player in the World Series still? It's insane to watch him still in the fight, even though he's compromised. Granted, Saturday, Sunday is going to be rough for him. Obviously, this was before. If Tiger had never had back injuries or this ankle injury, yeah, I mean, he'd be he'd have been one of the best players in the world in his 40s. Now, he wouldn't have been as good as he was in his 20s and 30s, but he would have flown past Jack. To me, if he had stayed healthy and never had to get a back fusion and definitely the ankle injury, and remember, the back fusion... His back was hurting in 2021. So the back injury kind of came and went. To me, he probably wins 22, 23 majors. Because he could he could rattle off a major like every other year. And think how many years he missed. I, I don't even think it would be close. If he could have had a durable career like Tom Brady, he would have done what Tom Brady did. Like Tom Brady won seven Super Bowls. No one's ever going to win seven Super Bowls. To me, Tiger Woods would have won... He's got 15... Probably 25. And it'd just be like, yeah, no one's touching that. I think I think that's fair to say. I work at a pharmaceutical company in Boston and have been on my AV team to have the TVs ready. Anyway, I initially found you through Colin and heard him joke, maybe serious, about never hiring guys who love golf because it consumes their life. Did you hide your love of golf when you first met him to join the Volume family? Also, heard you and Sobel talk about how certain guys don't play well in Florida. Why is that? Humidity, grass texture, enjoy the weekend. Go Tiger. Well, I've been doing a pod for Coward for two years before the volume. And at the end of the day, I've loved golf for 30 years. I loved golf when I worked in the NFL. Football, at at this current time, pays the bills. So I... During football season and the offseason, like, I'm not missing football podcasts to play golf. Like, football, like my job, this is why, you know, relationships have been hit or miss for me, comes first. Now, it's going to, you know, as I get older, you're going to settle down eventually. But, like, I, I take the shit pretty seriously. It's why I wanted to do a golf podcast, not because I, I don't play four times a week. I watch way more golf than I play. So, if I'm, it's like, I'm going to watch golf. Like, yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm an addict to watching golf. And then I've created a podcast around it. But it's not like, you know, Middle Coffee missed that uh, Thursday night football podcast because he was out at the club championship. Like, that's not happening. And I I, like, I wouldn't do that. Like, I, I take this pretty seriously. Now, if you, you know, I, I'm i also not good, like, I, in the sense of, you know, I'm like a four on paper right now, probably playing like a seven or eight. But I, I'm not going out and shooting under par where I want to play nonstop. Honestly, half the times I play, I think to myself, I'm not fucking doing this for like a month. So it's just, I I don't know how to quite to describe that. You know, I, I think sometimes it gets overblown. I also think like I, I'm not a big retirement guy because like what I, I couldn't play golf six days a week. I wouldn't even want to do that. I like playing a couple days a week and I like doing like I'm, I'm much better at doing this talking for a living than I am at playing golf. And I'm not bad at golf. I, I, but I do like, and I've said this before, football like our football podcast is big and for everyone listening, I appreciate it. It's been awesome, but I don't get to play football. 
you know, now I know like I'm lucky enough to know Andy Reid or Howie Roseman or I can text John Lynch or whatever. Like I can't text Phil Mickelson or Tiger or Jordan. Like I don't know any of these people. So my relationship is just so different. I get to kind of be a fan, which is cool, which I enjoy and just watch it and talk about it positively. Like in football, you know, I'm like calling for people's jobs and it's just, it's just a different relationship. And I I actually really enjoy it. And it's been healthy for me to be able to talk about this, but I'm not, I might've just joined a club, but I'm not playing as much golf. I actually don't think most people play as much golf, even the golf lovers as you think. I think that can be a little overrated because that's a Pat Riley thing. Like the first thing he'd do if he thought about hiring you was open your trunk and see if you got at golf clubs. Now you could open my trunk a lot of time. My golf clubs are back there, but sometimes like I haven't used them in a month, but I love golf and I'm an addict. I think about like, I'll be laying in bed thinking about why I double crossed it on hole 14, which I don't get to think about like, you know, that one time when I was in high school and I was a pulling guard, like I don't even think about that anymore, but my relationship with football in high school was awesome. I loved it. I just sucked. I'm really not that great at golf either, but I'm, you're just able to play the rest of your life. That's a good question. If you could pick a single Tiger major win to be able to go back in time and see live in person, which one would you pick and why? Uh, probably be 2008 at Torrey Pines when he won it with a torn ACL and a broken leg, basically. That would have been... I remember watching that. I was moving from Cal Poly to go work at Fresno State at the football program, and we had all moved out, but my buddy Trenton Yoxon still had a TV at this house that his family owned, and I just remember watching it on Sunday and then going back over there and re-watching it and watching it on Monday. So it'd probably be that. Or the 19 Masters would have been pretty cool, but I don't. I just don't think you can see anything at the Masters. You probably couldn't have seen anything back then either, but... It'd be one of those because the problem is the, like, do we really talk about the 97 masters that much? I I just, I don't feel like it comes up in conversation that much or even the 2001 U S open when he won at, uh, at Pebble beach. It doesn't feel like it comes up that often. Maybe the one, the one moment I I think would have been pretty cool to be at the 16th green when he chipped it in, in 2005, when he beat Chris DeMarco, that would have been pretty badass. That would have been pretty sweet. I do think the tour championship when he won that in 18, it was like, he's back. It's not a major, but that would have been pretty badass too. Maybe some of those Arnold Palmers. He had some pretty sweet moments at the Arnold Palmer where he like made 50 footers to win it on Sunday. Tiger's a badass. I mean, you could, any of his tournaments, you'd never forget. I'm the biggest Tiger fan. No one has talked about Brady has played pro football his whole life and looks 30. Tiger has played pro golf his whole life and looks 60. I get the accident, but even before that, do you even plyometrics, bro? I think the major difference, and you can see it in Tiger at the Masters, Tiger lifts a lot. Like, Tiger lifts heavy. I bet it's not even close the last decade. Tiger lifts way more consistently than Tom. Tom doesn't lift heavy weights. Tom does, like you said, uh, pliability, stretches. Tiger is in the gym doing like 80-pound dumbbell, you know, curls and and overhead press and doing that shit. Tom doesn't touch the weights. And clearly Tiger eats really well. I would imagine his diet is fantastic. But to me, I think Tiger probably drinks and takes some pills, you know. That is not Tom's pretty healthy. I think I think that's a huge 
you know, kind of curveball. Tom's health, like what he puts in his body and what Tiger puts in his body. I'm not saying that Tiger doesn't drink. I've I've heard, you know, you have some cocktails. Um, not I don't know the guy, but I, I think Tom is Tom's about as healthy as you can be. You think Ricky Fowler will ever get another legit shot at a major, or is he done past his prime? Yeah, I, I just don't know if he's any good anymore. Relative, he doesn't hit the ball very far relative to the rest of the tour. He was a elite putter in his prime. It's what he hung his hat on. He was like one of the best putters on tour. He's no longer that. So when you don't hit the ball far anymore, the tour has kind of gone to that, and you don't dominate on the greens, it's hard to be an elite player. For a long period of time, the sport was a little bit less about that, and he could dominate on the greens. He was an incredible putter. Well, if you're not an incredible putter, like what's he hanging his hat on? You got to hang your hat on something, right? To me, DJ is like, obviously length, but his wedges are pretty good. You know, Rory, incredible driver and a great iron player when he's on. But he's not a great wedge player, but he hits the ball so far, who cares? Right, you watch Scotty Scheffler, he's a great shot maker, but his short, him and Cam Smith, their ability around the green, those two guys with a wedge, Cam Smith is incredible. Like, Victor Hovland, stinks at chipping. Awful. But his ball striking is incredible. Colin Morikawa, incredible iron striker. The best iron player on tour right now, Colin Morikawa. John Rahm, his putting's terrible right now, but when he's on, total package. Can fucking do it all. DeChambeau, hitting it 800 miles. Kepka, great pressure player. Great big tournament player. Also can hit it really far and putt really well. Jordan, just an incredible shot maker. The dude can just make things happen out of nowhere. What's What does Ricky hang his hat on? You know, I just... You go through all the top American guys, like Xander's kind of falling off. Like, what's Xander doing well right now? Think about the American guys that are doing well. They're all, they all hang their hat on something specific. Morikawa is a great example. Dominates with irons in his hand. Rory dominates with a driver in his hand. DJ, when he's on, he's just, he's just a clinic. 3.30 in the fairway, on the green, putting for birdies. Just wanted to give you a shout out. Love the pod. Started listening to your football pod. Now the Go Low pod. Great. Love them both. But as a golf nut, Go Low is where it's at. I appreciate it. I'm just a golf nut. You know, who Colin doesn't have to worry about. Again, not lazy. We didn't we didn't raise. We did our work. This this pays the bills, not golf. So playing golf, watching it. I actually, you know, made way more money watching it than I ever have playing because I've lost a lot of money on the golf course. But God, you know, it's just just a great game. You know, it, it really is. The other thing unique about golf too, which why I love the PGA Tour is like once the NFL season ends, it keeps me going from basically. You know, the combine till training camp. I just get majors. I get the memorial. I get the players. I get Riviera. Even the Ryder Cup, you know, right in early September. This year, the President's Cup. So, yeah. Have a good week. I'll be back in a couple days. See, everyone's coming after Dan Snyder. Who knows? By this time on uh, Friday, maybe Dan Snyder's not even the owner. Adios! volume.